Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Elvin Podcast. It's Monday, October 18th, the morning after Washington's 31-13 loss to Kansas City. Here to talk about that, it's the Patrick Mahomes to my Jackson Mahomes, Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. Ah, hey, Jamie. How you doing? What happened? I have no idea. I, I My mute kicked on and then it kicked off. Don't worry. I'll edit that part out so nobody will know it's there, but I'll leave this in so they'll know they missed it. It's going to be great. Great. Uh, I guess the Jackson Mahomes reference is, well, I know the Jackson Mahomes reference is to him doing a TikTok on the Sean Taylor 21 memorial. Yeah. <laughs> so where field. do we... Where do we fall on his apology where he's like, I didn't know that was just where they put me on the field, man. Like, do we buy I it? mean, I, 100% I'm buying that. <laughs> I mean, the, the alternative would be like, he's a, he's a maniac, like a psychopath. who's just going to like, yeah, stomp all over the, the, uh, the memory of Sean Taylor, someone who he probably, I'm not sure if he was aware who that was before yesterday. Well, he had to know who he was because Sean Taylor is literally every football player's favorite player. Every single guy who gets drafted is like, Sean Taylor, man, he was the greatest. Like, well, my problem is I don't know who Jackson Mahomes is. All I know is I saw him doing like a sad TikTok dance on, on 21. So has there ever been any clearer demonstration of the uh, cruel and merciless passage of time than when Sean Taylor's little daughter uh, showed up yesterday and you realize that, oh, my God, she's like 20 or something. That's crazy. Uh, it, it was so weird. It was like they're, they're like, "Here's Sean's family," and I'm like, "Where's the little girl?" And then I finally put it all together. <laughs> I was like, "Oh so, yeah." I don't, I don't really hardly have anything to say about the game, and I don't even, I don't even know if I want to talk about the emails that much, oh, which God. you wrote about in the city paper. Yeah. I kind of just want to talk about the Sean Taylor fiasco the entire well, time. Well, let's let's take it one step back before we get to that because how. Like, I feel like two weeks ago, this team was like, ah, you know, maybe they'll be okay. They're kind of worth watching. And at least they're not an embarrassment to, you know, this entire metropolitan area and the NFL as a whole. And in those, like were, two those weeks, were the days. Well, it feels like we're back to like 2010. Like, I'm expecting somebody to, the bingo caller to show up or something. Like, how did it go this far off the rails this quickly? Well, they lost two games. That's a big part of it. Uh, the the whole Gruden WFT investigation, uh, yeah, that that was very 2000. Whatever, what year did you use there as a proxy for our failure? 2010. 10. 10. I probably yeah. meant 2009. Now that I think about it, though, it was it was nine. Uh, My bad, everybody. I feel like the Sean Taylor number retirement though is really just like the the special stuff, like the Chef's Kiss Washington franchise stuff, and I. I, I don't I can't I don't know I I was looking around is there is there been like a, a definitive like piece written on this yet that that comes at it from all angles like what the fuck happened here no because I can't tell what I here's what I can't tell is I can't tell if the media core knows for sure that it was not scheduled as a jersey retirement and they're just doing that thing where because they can't get anybody to say it on the record they're just kind of hinting around at it or if it's just what everybody suspects but no i haven't seen anybody be definitive yet i would assume they're working on it because it hasn't been reported that this was a snap decision to you know kind of change the the pr tides that were going against them because that hasn't been reported i i'm choosing to believe that they just messed it up 
but but it doesn't track with anything else because like they announced the Bobby Mitchell jersey retirement. If you look at other teams around the league, you always announce it months in advance for all of the obvious reasons. Like you just never know. Let's leave aside the fact that Sean Taylor is arguably the single most beloved player in recent Washington football history. Um, certainly, yeah, I would say I would say, say post Super Bowls, like he's the most beloved player. Yes, and I occasionally will will spout off with a cynical take that perhaps it's because he just didn't, you know, tragically was cut short and wasn't around long enough to disappoint us like everybody else did. Doesn't matter why though. Is this a it, Kurt Cobain take? You, okay, uh, sorry. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even know what it is, but it always occurs to me that like, you know, there was there was part of me that was like, yeah, you know, in, in a better, more just, less cruel world, uh, he'd be having his jersey retired in you know uh, Dallas today right. because he would have signed there as a free agent and that would have been that. <laughs> Like, you know, like, uh, right. I, right. We got I, like anyway. three and a half years of exciting football yeah. and it was all kind of positive. Yeah. But you never know. So leaving aside that he is everybody's favorite player, you never know who is going to be somebody's favorite player. So if they're like, you know, if it's somebody whose jersey is being retired, clearly it's going to be several people's favorite players. So you're going yeah. to announce it. You want people to be able to show up. It's, yeah. I, it just does not add up. Yeah, and, I, I know. I know. I mean, I. I just don't know what, how to how to attack this because like it's so it's either so like kind of diabolical or it's so inept one way or the other. Like how well, do you announce it on Thursday the week of? Well, and here's the problem is that Jason Wright has thus far first of all has thus far made very few missteps since coming on board as team president. I think he's done a really good job, um, whether you're being um, optimistic and saying he's done a good job being a public face or you're being cynical and saying he's done a really good job glad, glad handling the uh, press and the media and just coming off as a good guy. Um, the one thing I have never once thought is that he's stupid. Um, sure. And as he's a highly trained, you know, consultant PR type, I'm more willing to believe that I wouldn't say evil or diabolical, but that he uh, he saw the situation and decided to manipulate it because I, I would believe here's what I would believe. I don't think he's so stupid that it never occurred to him that people would like to know in advance that Sean Taylor's jersey are being retired. I do think it's possible that what he underestimated was how furious everybody was going to be if right. they tried to break glass on this. I, I think he might not have seen that coming. Yeah, but like, what's the motivation to like break glass, so to speak? There's no, there's no like, like a Sean Taylor number retirement is a special occasion. But is it really going to like cure anything that's wrong with the team? Like people are going to be right back to where they were, you know, the day after. The well, week after. it might, it might. Like, cure. I don't really understand what they're trying to accomplish by, by if, if, if they're like, rushing to retire the number just to change the narrative that's that's inept as well because it's not really changing the narrative for anything more than a day well here's a fun one i hadn't even thought of this until you posed that question what if it wasn't actually to change the narrative what if they had a concrete metric such as tickets sold and we're like holy shit we're gonna have ten thousand people at this game because Nobody thought Washington was going to win. There's nobody on Washington's team that you want to see. I know people believe that Patrick Holmes is a kind of quarterback that people would buy tickets to see, but I'm not really sure of that. Um, you know, <laughs> I was, was uh, going to say, even as a Washington fan, I'm more likely to buy tickets to see Pat Mahomes than to see a number retirement. Yeah, I don't know that I, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, if nothing else, you you can see Mahomes every week on your TV. 
whereas the number retirement to really get the full effect of you're going to want to be there in person. Mm -hmm. I don't know, mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe, they, so maybe they weren't trying to change the general narrative. Maybe they're trying to juice the numbers. I mean, there were 51,000 people reported attendance as it was, and that's with the thing. Like, that's not yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't even know. This is, this is why I need like the, the definitive reported piece on this. Cause I kept seeing like little drips of aspects of this story that were gross. Like uh, I saw a photo of what is it like Sean Taylor Memorial drive or whatever mm -hmm. outside the stadium. Like the photo op is like the family posed in front of the sign posed in front of a line of porta potties. Yeah. That... Like, is that Photoshopped? Is that mm -hmm. real? Yeah, it was. That seems like the kind of mistake that your highly trained, you know, media guy does not make. Like, how is there nobody there, including the photographer who said, uh, hey, could we reconsider the backdrop maybe? <laughs> like, it wasn't just Jackson Mahomes, apparently, that was like tick-tocking on the 21 sign that was painted at the 21-yard line. But like, there was a whole VIP section of people just standing on the number. Yeah, well, they like, had set up, they had set up, like, when I first saw the picture, I thought it was roped to rope it off, but it appears in hindsight that it was a corral. Yeah, this is where you stand, in. this is where yeah. you stand, this is where you stomp on it. <laughs> That's just Sorry. It's just so ridiculous. I feel like there's other things. It's like, it was like a, a steady stream. I don't know. There's, a, a there's, there's definitely a, uh, a way to spin the narrative where it's like, you know, every other stadium in the league, when, you know, someone comes out and dances on the star or, or whatever, like the whole team riots and beats up the mm -hmm. opposing player. And in Washington, they actively usher fans on yes. the, the memorial. Like, oh, there's a metaphor means. there. <laughs> oh, by all means. Oh, and like the towel, the giveaway towels, which are great. That's a, that's a, I would love that like item. That would be sweet. They were only 10,000 of them. Yeah. And people keep being like, I bet it's because they had to make them quick and they couldn't get them produced quickly enough. So let me ask you, as that is sort of in your industry, is is that true? Like would, if, if, if you have the design ready to go and they're like, we can get you 10,000 in X days, like maybe I'm naive, but it just seems like. I don't know. It just seems like you can just keep printing them, you know, like, am yeah, I wrong? Well, I, mean, I, I know, you know, for us, it's like, like t-shirts and like other apparel. We don't really do towels, but you know, it, things are in short supply right now. And That's true. if you said to me, like, Hey, we need 10,000 t-shirts by Sunday, you know, it's like midweek. I'd be like, okay, yeah, we can do that. I'm pretty sure we can source 10,000. You might, they might have to be white, you know, <laughs> like if you wanted 10,000 burgundy, I don't think we're going to be able to do it right now. You got to piece it together. Now, if you were like 50,000, are, are these, uh, the that's same? a different equation. Okay. So it is. So, th so that is feasible then, but I'm looking at a picture of them right now. Are these the same as the towels that were handed out at the Buffalo game after he died? I believe they're at least similar, if not the exact same. So then there's another possibility that I can't believe nobody's raised, which is that they've had 10,000 of these things in a box sitting in the basement of uh, Washington football park for honestly, you know, it's possible 15. And years by the way, I got a little flashback to that game. I went to that game. I with, did too. With Jack Kogod. Oh God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real, uh... And if you'll recall, that's the game where it didn't, didn't Joe Gibbs call a timeout that he didn't have. To kind uh, of like, it? and we got like a 15 yard penalty that put us out of field goal range at the end. It was kind yeah. of like a very cruel uh, loss, a yes, cruel I and believe, unusual loss at the end of the Sean Taylor game. 
I believe it was uh, it was two consecutive timeouts is what it was, uh, which you couldn't yes. do. But yes, yes. My my description of it at the time was that it was like having gone to like a funeral memorial service and then uh, being punched in the stomach on the way out uh, was was what it was what it felt like. That was. I'm pretty sure horrible. on top of all that, I'm pretty sure we went with Jack's family, like his dad. Mm-hmm. And I, I think his dad wanted to leave early. So we actually had to like hear that in game, like on the radio in the FedEx parking lot as we're driving away. Well, to be honest, uh, which is pro- probably, prob- pro- probably good. But I, I recall nope. being like, you know, I'd rather stay. Yeah, that's that's a weird one to leave early. I'm not gonna, I, I'm I'm a perfectly happy to leave things early kind of guy. But that's a weird yeah. one. Yeah. Um, well, we should we should do a poll. I mean, like how, how many people who wound up writing sports blogs in 2008 or 2009 were at that game? It feels like probably a pretty big, big contingent. Big deal. I actually have another, you know, Sean Taylor thing is I think I, I think the timeline of events is such that I had a Fred Smoot 21 jersey from like the early 2000s. Ah. And then I think he left for Minnesota and the sex boat or whatever. Um but I still had the 21 jersey. And then Sean Taylor came in and I like duct taped over the nameplate and wrote Taylor on it. Nice. And I would actually like wear that to games, like my duct tape Taylor jersey. And actually the Dead Tree crew heckled me once on the bullhorn. The mayor heckled me for my like, you know, budget jersey. Anyways, I still have that duct tape nameplate Taylor. It's like on my uh, like laundry hamper. It's hard to describe. It sounds bad, but whatever. It's like on my laundry hamper. So like I have like the tailor. It's like written in black Sharpie on duct tape. It's like in my closet. I see it every day. And that's I, my Sean Taylor keepsake. I wore to that game. I have a few. I, the one I wore to that game was I had um, the photo that they took of the 21 on the grass at Redskins Park with like the beautiful sky in the background as i remember it like it was this was when it was the photo was taken when he was um you know it was unclear if he was going to live or die and they're doing like vigils at at um redskins park and uh so i you know ironed it onto a t-shirt um after he died and that's what i wore to the game and i still have the shirt and it still fits but the cheap ass uh iron on that I used has washed off completely. So I'd now just have a gray t-shirt that only I know is a secret Sean Taylor Memorial t-shirt. You know, I, the other Sean Taylor t-shirt that I no longer have, I don't know what, you know, I might have it. I do have like a, like a tucked away assortment of tees that I know I'll never wear. It's a, it's like a gold t-shirt or like yellow gold t-shirt. And it just says in block, like burgundy letters, free Sean Taylor. I remember those. I don't even know where I got it, but I've got it. Do you? Was it you all? Was it Mister Irrelevant who did the um, the logo that was like a flame? It was like the twenty one with like a candle flame in the negative space. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but no, that was not us. That was not you guys. Okay. Um, no. Yeah. God, uh, man, that was a big deal when he died. It's kind of coming yeah. back to me now. I didn't really think about it the last few days. It was more like the absurdity of what was happening with the number retirement ceremony, which, which is what, which is lets you know how badly they screwed this up. That when, when you and I, and I'm, I'm, I think, I think of myself as one of like the least sentimental people I know. Um, But even I get sentimental about this. I still have, I mean, I still have a, in the parking lot of FedEx field that game, I bought some entrepreneur was selling a uh, Sean Taylor Memorial flasks filled with like, what is allegedly whiskey? Uh, you know, the label <laughs> they, were already, like, they were already filled. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it an was incredible like, entrepreneur. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't even um, – no, flask implies um, – something nicer this was you were buying like a little uh not even a quarter pint whatever it is the uh-huh. little bottle of of whiskey and and the label was like uh modeled after the jim beam label but it was like a sean taylor something logo that's, and, that's an incredible item yeah well it's sitting somewhere around here i think it's yeah. actually in that cabinet over there so point is yeah like we the if, if I'm this sort of vaguely nostalgic about it and you're this nostalgic about it and we didn't think about it during the entire actual Jersey retirement, they botched it as badly as it could be botched. Well, if I'm being generous, it's also because I'm, I'm pretty checked out as a fan, as a fan right now, like bringing oh, it back too. to the Chiefs game. I watched with my son the first like quarter and a half. I think we we're actually winning when I left with the rest of the family to go to the pumpkin patch. Mm -hmm. And then we were like kind of watching like on my phone as like, you know, my wife was looking the other direction at pumpkins and uh, yeah, it just, I mean, even though they were winning and that was exciting, it just never felt good. It never felt like it was going to go right. And then it went terribly wrong. You know, the rest, the, 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 uh, you know, rest of the game, the last two thirds. Well, I'm, I'm ready. I'm checked out enough that I'm now ready to see Kyle Allen and quarterback just because why not? Um, oh, it's that bad. Yeah, I think so. The, and, the Heineke I, well, experience has now gone that poorly. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Like, see what, see what the guy can do. I, um, I also, I think we'll see if this actually happens. The, this podcast may be the only thing that negates this, but I, I feel ready to just start watching red zone on Sundays and, if something good happens in the Washington game, I'll get to see it on red zone. I certainly don't need to yeah. like, but, but I'm not enjoying watching the games. And my whole point at the start of the season was like, it's going to be fun to watch this team. At least, at least it'll be entertaining. It has not been entertaining. It's been dreadful. It's been just yep. a, a tedious slog. Yep. By the way, if, if I, if Kyle Allen excited me at all, I'd be on board with benching Heineke, but I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you going Allen? I don't know. Sometimes you ever, you ever just sort of rearrange your office just because like it's been that way for a little while. Well, now that you say that, I kind of want to rearrange my office. Me yeah. Too. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's not because it's not fun. The whole point of Taylor Heineke is that he has been fun to watch. So I, I guess the first alternative is you say, you know what, Taylor, we tried to make a real quarterback out of you. It's clearly not going to happen. Why don't you just go out there, have some fun, draw up, you know, whatever, like be crazy. And then when he gets injured, inevitably playing that way, then you bring in Kyle out. So. Well, I was disappointed just that they didn't put points on the board. Like the chiefs defense is as bad as the Washington defense. You know, we were talking last week and I was thinking it was like, you know, going to be a kind of a, you know, 60, 70 point affair. They only put up 13. Now the Chiefs, they, you know, they held up their end of the bargain. I think they scored 34. But yeah, that Washington wasn't able to score more than 13, despite, you know, the, the defense getting a couple turnovers. Uh, disappointing. Oh, you on know the, what I did? On the defensive side, I mean, what do you expect? Like 34 points is almost, I feel like it's almost a victory. We need to start tracking because I, I didn't write it down last time. But in that document that we sometimes use for a rundown, did you happen to note we, we did the conversation last week? What do you whatever the line is? What do you really think? Uh, you know, how many points would you need to have? To oh, yeah. Consider? Yeah, yeah. We both said uh, like 14 and even then we might not bet on 
Washington. Yeah, and as it turned out, we were too generous. It was, it, you know, we were 19, yeah, 18 or 19 or whatever. <laughs> oh, was uh, it 30? Was it 31 13? Is that the final? Yeah, with the, okay. the, the 21 that you're remembering is that they closed out with a 21 nothing run. Yeah, well, that, maybe that was the Washington defense tribute. I didn't realize it was the Washington was winning 13 10, like well into the third quarter. I didn't yes. realize that until just now. Never has a lead felt so meaningless and tenuous uh, in my yeah. entire life. Wow. Uh, so then same question next week, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, how, well, I, I saw what the line is. I don't know if you did. At Green Bay. Yes. Uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be at least 10. I'm going to go 10. Yeah, Yeah. correct. It's 10. So how many points would you actually need to put actual money down on Washington? For some reason, I feel even worse about this game. Well, that's because Uh, you saw the last game. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the Packers are better, better than the chiefs. I'm not that, you know, that's what, that's where I'm stumbling. Uh, Gosh, 31-13 sounds like a really like that sounds like a really accurate score for this game as well. Yeah, I, I would need probably like 17. 17 was right where I landed also. <laughs> so I guess what we're going to see is if with each loss and each additional injury, we just sort of tack three points on to the eventual margin of loss. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, man, it's tough. Here's the thing is like. You mentioned watching the Red Zone channel instead of Washington game. I'm definitely there with you right now. Like, in fact, I probably wouldn't even choose. It wouldn't even take Red Zone channel to lure me away. Like this week, it was Ravens Chargers were on one at at, at one o'clock. I'd rather watch Ravens Chargers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, as I think I said last week, I have this thing now where my son has a, a class that starts at one on Sunday. So I wind up sitting outside of a sports bar that's near his class. And so I've got a selection mm-hmm. of TVs and I just find my attention like wandering away from the Washington, game, which is confusing because Washington has sound on because, you know, in DC Metro area. And so like, I'll still be hearing it and I'll be back in my mind. I'll be like, God, whatever game they're calling sounds boring. And then I realize it's the game I'm supposed to be watching. That's uh, real bad. It's, it's very, very bad. Um, and then I get home for the second half and theoretically I watch the Washington game, but now red zone. Uh, one thing that I thought was cool was the Chase Young, Sean Taylor face mask tribute. With yes, the that was amazing. The, yeah, yes, that's really cool. Like uh, that. I was excited because I saw it before anybody explained it to me. I saw it out of context. I just, they cut to Chase Young. Uh, you know, I'm sitting outside mm-hmm. the sports bar and they cut to Chase Young and I saw the tape face mask. And I was like, oh my God, you know, it's a Sean Taylor tribute. That's amazing. So it was like, I got the full surprise impact of it. Uh, you knew exactly I'm, what it was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, but but it wasn't like, you know, I, I'm sure somewhere out there he said, oh, I got something special planned for Sunday or somebody said, I've <laughs> seen something in the locker room that was really interesting. But I got like just the straight up like surprise of it. It was great. Although, did you notice it was gone for the second half? No, I, well, I wasn't watching. <laughs> I was gone for the second half. <laughs> maybe maybe you stole his helmet and ran. Um, yeah, I'm just glad I, it was him. Even though Chase Young, you know, me, whatever. He's got some baggage right now. I'm just glad it was him and not like Landon Collins. Um, somebody who was uh, uh, the kick returner, DeAndre Carter, showed up to the stadium. DeAndre Carter, did I get that right? Um, showed up to the stadium wearing uh, 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 vintage, not vintage, but the throwback jersey that Taylor had worn. The you know the one that they wore with the yellow helmets. Um, yeah. 
and like yellow sweatpants. He showed up to the stadium in that, which was like nice. But at the same time, as you say, it was kind of like, wow, uh, yeah, different different caliber of player. But um, you know, good. Tribute. We, we we did have an Andre Carter at one point, so I think that that might be what you're tripping on. So we have Who's like the a DeAndre Carter, and then we used to have an Andre Carter. Who is the? But it is. I mean, that is his name, right? Is DeAndre I, I, Carter? I'm gonna say yes. But yes, I don't it know. is. It is. It is. He's a kicker turner, like fifth wide receiver, right? Yes, currently, which makes him currently like the third wide receiver because everybody's injured or bad. The or other, the, I think a somewhat underrated bit of Sean Taylor's swag is like the really baggy long sleeve white undershirt that he would wear. Like, I think it was maybe, I don't know if he wore it all the time or just like at certain moments, but I think there was like that iconic like scoop and score touchdown he had against the Eagles. He was wearing like a baggy long sleeve undershirt. Yes, I uh, he had that. He had. Uh, I feel like he did some cool stuff with socks. I mean, he was just he was just a real delight to watch. It was you know, it was nice. Good times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is there anything else to say about the Washington football team? No, I just I, I just can't get over how bad it's gotten this quickly and like. I, somebody was talking, I don't remember if it was on one of the post-game podcasts or something, but somebody was starting to like game out the scenarios for um, Ron Rivera's coaching tenure, not in the sense of they were like, oh, he needs to go now, but they're just like, look at it realistically. He has nothing in place right now that's like a marker on the rebuild. So he's still going to need to find a quarterback. He, essentially, he's going to be starting over his rebuild in like year three of his coaching tenure. And that's not where you want to be, you know, on yeah. a four or five year contract or whatever. It's, it's, it's just, it's just not good. I know it was like, and that's part of why this is so disappointing is like we had expectations. It wasn't like this team's going to contend this year, but you know, they improved from what, like three wins to seven wins last year. Okay. This year we're going to get from seven to nine and we're going to feel really good. And we're just a quarterback away, but yeah, <laughs> it just feels like we're nowhere. We're yeah. backsliding to, I mean, what do you think? Is this like a five and 12 season? I mean, what's the real, what's like the over under on wins right now? I don't know. It's sure is starting to look like a five and 12 at best season. Um, it's hard. It's hard to see them winning more than a few games the rest I, of the way. You know, if so, I had originally said, you know, why would you put Fitzpatrick back in when he comes back? But I guess mm-hmm. if the team is doing terribly, and he comes back and he wants to play, you might as well put him in. Maybe that helps a little well, bit. Well, I think, I think if, if he's healthy and if Heineke's still sliding like this, uh, you put him back in because it also makes for like a function. It's not just getting wins. It's like it makes for a functional offense and you can evaluate and develop the other players. You yeah. know, I mean, it's not, it's not much, but, you know, if, if, if you've got him as an option, I think you use him. Rivera said it the other day and got a little bit slammed for it, but the, the making the playoffs last year at seven and nine, I think really, really worked against them. Um, I just, I, cause if they had finished seven and nine and the giants had gone to the playoffs at eight and eight or, you know, whatever Dallas hadn't gotten injured and gone to the playoffs with a real live record, um, I think we would have been like, okay, they're growing, but there's still a ways to go. But I think for some reason, because they got into the playoffs, it it created a, um, I don't know, it, it, like a different impression. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a slight, I think there's something to that. At the same time, when, you know, I saw like 
polls, like Twitter polls heading into the season. Like, what do you think, what do you expect this year? And it's like, you know, less than seven wins, seven or eight wins, nine or 10 wins, you know, you know yeah. almost everybody was in that like seven to 10 win range. Like that was the overwhelming majority, you know, like in that, I think, I think most people probably would have expected something like an eight or nine win season. And maybe some people were bullish to the point where they'd be like, Oh, we could get to 10. It wasn't like there was this crazy hype. No, but that's the thing is I think, um, I think that even though the win expectation was low, there was this perception of success. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. How, no, I don't it, know was how it. it was very positive. It was very positive. Like uh, we say it every year, there's like, there's, there's a rising eight and eight team or now eight and nine and eight team or whatever. And Mm -hmm. a falling nine and eight team, you know, that you can, Mm -hmm. if the 2007 Patriots had finished, uh, nine and eight, nine and nine and seven, it would have been a huge disappointment because they were actually good. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does suck. Uh, I wore my sell the team shirt yesterday. Nice. I love that shirt. Um, for many reasons, but trying to explain it to my kids, <laughs> they were like, what, what is that? Like, who, who are you talking about? And I like, it realized it, it dawned on me that they didn't know who Dan, Daniel Snyder is. Wow. You were and the I had best. to kind of like explain all that or, or try to explain it. And like the reader's digest, you know, you're talking to an 11 year old version. Yeah. The, but I can't describe what a good parent you are for not having exposed your children to Daniel Snyder. That's like, that's remarkable. You're a good person, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I mean, I do feel bad, though, because, like, my 11-year-old football-obsessed son has become a Washington fan. Like, despite what we talked about last week, like, he had a panthers theme party. Oh, no. I think that was more – I think, like, we had actually the conversation on the couch yesterday because I was like, you know, you could just root for the Chiefs. Like, you could just be – you could be whatever you want in this world. You could be a fan of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. That That's your choice. And he's like, but I like Washington. Yeah. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so sad. I'm like, the, the, you know, the two paths have diverged. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know? it's, it's like uh, in Shawshank where, you know, you can get out, but you just like some people just aren't, but aren't willing to be free. It's kind of it kind of is sad because like I know that at this point there's no way I just can't like authentically like just latch on to another team no i just can't do it like this is my team and it sucks but this is my team and i've always thought that that was kind of like not just that that's who i rooted for growing up but like they won three super bowls when i was growing up you know and it got really like just kind of like you know the ink just got into your skin yep you know because in part because of like the success and like everybody loved the redskins in washington dc area in you know 1990 like it was just very deep down to the bone, but it's kind of happening to him despite living out of market. And during an era where the team is so bad, like it has happened anyway. Yeah. That's I, so I blame weird. myself for this. <laughs> I, I blame you also. I really do. Yeah. I was, I was texting with somebody this weekend where I was like, if you could just, you know, eternal sunshine, uh, the Washington, your, your fandom or following or whatever, the Washington football team out of your mind, uh, and, and be a total clean slate. Would you do it? Would you give up the good memories, uh, to just not subject yourself to this every week? No, no, I wouldn't because yeah, because I cherish those, but also like, 
look, there's a lot other stuff going on. Despite us having a podcast about it, like there's a lot enough going on in my life that's bringing me joy in like the present tense and the future tense that I don't really need the team. And I have, you know, the warm and fuzzies from what it used to be. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, I'll buy that. I like that. That's that's the most optimistic possible note we can leave this topic on. So, <laughs> all right. Well, talk to you next week after you know our. What would this be? Our fifth ass whipping of the year. We're two and four. Yeah. It's going to be even better if they somehow squeak out a win. Even the world's worst last second. You know, Green Bay misses a field goal on a chip shot game winner uh how fired up we're going to be and how, how we're going to be counting out the rest of the season and the path to the playoffs really looking forward to that hey hey we were beating kansas city in the third quarter okay we're, we're we, right there we're close we were, remember when we played tampa really uh really tight in the playoffs last year and, yeah. and we gave them we gave them a real fight yeah we I almost think... beat san diego at home i'm sorry la at home week one almost oh. I forgot about that. Yeah. And we, we got two wins. So like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Those, these are all good points. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to you after the win. We're right, next week. We're right there. Hey, hey, two and four could be four and two. So easy. So, so easy. easily looking forward yeah. to victory Monday next week, man. But uh, of course the flip side is like without two miraculous wins, they're zero and six. The two wins are basically like, we're like miracles against bad teams. Yes. You're not <laughs> wrong. Can you imagine if this team were zero and six, the city would be on fire. I mean, they might as well be zero and six. I think it would be I think it would be real chaos if they were 0 and 6. I genuinely yeah. think it would be like really bad. Um, yeah, cuz it's not just 2 and 4. It's like they were 2 and 2 and everything's fine. Yeah. And they've kind of slid into 2 and 4 and now, you know, the alarms are are getting louder. But yeah, 0 and 6 would be a, a different scenario. Oh god, it would be uh oh. well, I feel even, even, yeah, even though even though nothing really changes. It's just no. more like the perception changes. No, yeah, but but now that we've said that, that's an even more optimistic note to leave this on. Is that hey, they're not zero and six. Things aren't so bad. Yeah, they're fine. All right, man. I'll talk to you in a week. Take care. See ya.